When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Friday, July 7th. We'll start it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. Our IL placement starts off with outfielder Esteori Ruiz being placed on the 10-day IL with a right shoulder subluxation, which is otherwise known as a dislocation. Depending on the severity of the dislocation, Ruiz could see an extended absence. Sometimes this can require surgery, but the all-star break will cushion the blow to the A's lineup. J.J. Blade will shift to center field, allowing Brent Rooker to see more at-bats until Ruiz returns. Utility man Tommy Edmond of the Cardinals. Cardinals was placed on the 10-day IL with right wrist inflammation. The injury doesn't seem too serious, but with the All-Star break coming up, Edmund will get a head start on resting that wrist. Outfielder Dylan Carlson should see an influx of playing time while Edmund is out. Elsewhere in the NL Central, third baseman Cabrian Hayes was placed on the 10-day IL with low back inflammation. He just returned from a two-week absence on Thursday, but clearly wasn't ready to rejoin the team. The Pirates will be sure that he's 100% ready to return next time. And the Pirates also placed outfielder Andrew McCutcheon on the 10-day IL with right elbow inflammation. The franchise legend has struggled to start the month of July, and now it's clear why. He'll be eligible to rejoin the club the Sunday after the All-Star break, but in his absence, Austin Hedges will continue to see time behind the plate as catcher Henry Davis continues to see time in the outfield grass. In terms of transactions, starting pitcher Alec Manoa was recalled from the minors. Manoa's disastrous start to the season and his subsequent demotion has been one of the biggest storylines in recent weeks, so all eyes were on him as he made his return versus the Tigers and he did not disappoint, holding them to just one run on five hits across six innings while fanning eight. He racked up 11 whiffs and a 27% CSW and finally showed a return to form. It will be interesting to see though if he can maintain this after the All-Star break. Starting pitcher Aeri Perez of the Marlins was optioned to the minors, having already surpassed his career high in innings with still more than two months to go in the season. Hopefully a postseason run for the Marlins. Perez will use the All-Star break to rest up. He'll take it easy at AA for a couple of weeks before returning to the ball club in late July or early August. Johnny Cueto is expected to rejoin the club after the All-Star break and will help to eat the leftover innings. Outfielder Riley Green of the Tigers will be activated from the 10-day IL today. He's been out since the start of June dealing with a left fibula stress fracture and has been sorely missed in the Detroit lineup. Prior to the injury, he batted 296 with five homers, six steals, and a 127 WRC+. Green will be eased into the lineup at 
DH to start, but will likely take away playing time from Akil Badu in left field once he's ready to take the field. And lastly, starting pitcher Carlos Rodon was activated from the 60-day IL. The Southpaw made his long-awaited Yankees debut on Friday after missing nearly the entire first half with a strained left forearm. He was somewhat underwhelming in his debut, tossing five and a third innings while surrendering two runs on four hits and two walks with just two punch-outs. He induced just eight whiffs with a 26% CSW, so he'll have to impress in the second half to win the favor of Yankees fans. In terms of news, outfielder Aaron Judge will stay in New York during the All-Star break to continue treatment for his toe injury. Starting pitcher prospect Andrew Painter is undergoing testing on his elbow after experiencing discomfort for the second time in the past few months. Starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery was removed from his start after tweaking his hamstring. The All-Star break should afford him enough rest to avoid an IL stint. And lastly, after a swing that seemed to announce a major injury on Thursday, Corbin Carroll was back in the lineup on Friday and looked just fine going two for five and stealing a pair of bags. And before we look at the notable performances from Friday, we've got a quick word from Underdog Fantasy. Have you heard of Underdog Fantasy's seventh inning stretch tournament? Well, it's time to step up to the plate and show off your baseball knowledge and fantasy skills. Check out Underdog Fantasy's seventh inning stretch tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. The best part, once you draft your team, you're all set. No need to worry about waivers, substitutions, or trades during the tournament. And don't worry about setting your lineups each week. Underdog will automatically select your highest scoring players for you. The seventh inning stretch has four thrilling rounds each with its own player groups from the 12 person groups in round one to the intense 134 person final group in round four the competition keeps getting more intense the farther you go and with our code pitcherless p-i-t-c-h-e-r-l-i-s-t all caps you'll receive a 100 deposit match up to 100 and it's only seven dollars to enter the tournament just check the description of this episode for the sign up link and make sure you use the promo code pitcherless when you sign up mark your calendars the tournament starts right after the mlb all-star break so get ready to slide into the action. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description, use promo code PitcherList, and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. You must be 18 years or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY and in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Now we'll take a look at the notable performances from Friday, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games. We'll start off with our hitters, leading off with Francisco Lindor, who went two for five with two runs, a home run, three RBIs, a walk, and two steals for the combo meal with a little bit of added speed. Lindor is attempting to make his voice heard as one of the most egregious all-star snubs, and he has increased his swing and miss to sell out for power this year as his current 244 ISO is the highest of his career. It's also backed up by a noticeable career-high 12.4% barrel rate that suggests the power surge is here to stay. And after the pair of steals on Friday, Lindor has now stolen double-digit bases in every year of his career outside of 2020. Taking a look at his 247 BABIP sort of suggests he's also due for some regression on his two 39 average. However, he's sold out for power so much so that he's hitting more balls in the air than ever. His 47.4% fly ball rate is more than 10% above his career rate, and balls hit in the air generally have a reduced BABIP, so you'll have to take what you can get with the power and steals and make up for Lindor's efficiencies with other roster spots. Joey Manessis did all he could for the Nationals, but they still went home without the win versus the Rangers. He went two for three, scoring twice with a pair of home runs and two RBIs. The second one was the most impressive, traveling 420 
28 feet with a 103 and a half mile per hour exit velocity. Manessas doubled his home run total on the season with the big performance on Friday. Manessas received endless comparisons to Frank Schwindel this offseason, but unlike the former Cub, he's been able to back up his late career breakout. He's batting 281 on the season with a 706 OPS. Everything but the power has carried over from last year. Even after the two home run night, Manessas has just four homers in 81 games after mashing 13 in 56 games last year. I'm not sure this is an indicator that a power surge is incoming though. His StatCast rolling charts paint a clear picture that the league figured him out a long time ago and his batted ball metrics have been plummeting for months now. Somehow, he's been able to survive with good luck on balls in play, but in the middle of a Washington lineup that is likely to get weaker as we near the trade deadline, Manessas may become waiver wire fodder as his one category of contribution average becomes non-existent as his luck subsides. And lastly, Cody Bellinger had a combo meal in New York as he helped the Cubs to a win going two for three with a home run, a steal, scoring twice with an RBI and walking once. He's up to nine home runs and 11 steals on the season now. Bellinger's return to form though has been somewhat unheralded. It's possibly due to the fact he missed a month of the season with an injury, but since being reinstated in mid-June, he hasn't missed a beat. Betting 373 with two pairs of long balls and steals and he's been particularly hot recently batting an even 500 with both of those home homers in his past 11 games. This is in stark contrast to the past two years where Bellinger couldn't hit the side of a barn. It's easy to forget, but after 2020, he batted just 193 with a 69 WRC plus across two campaigns. So it's great to see Bellinger having a bounce back campaign and he's setting himself up for a big payday this offseason. But if you'd like a breakdown of the other notable hitting performances from Friday, check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound to look at the notable pitching performances from Friday. Jamison Tyone had a big game in New York for the Cubs, tossing eight scoreless innings, allowing just one hit and two walks while striking out four. He had nine whiffs and a 29% CSW. This was an unexpected victory for the Cubs as they had not only been just one in six in Tyone's road starts this year, but they had also never won at Yankee Stadium in their franchise's history. So naturally, Tyone shut out the Yankees across eight innings. His sweeper did the best work with a 43% CSW, but there was nothing from this start that suggested a return to form. Following Tommy John surgery in 2019, Tyone hasn't gotten back to being the budding ace he once was, but he's been more than a serviceable pitcher. But that has not been the case this year as he was sporting the worst ERA in the majors among pitchers with at least 60 innings pitched entering this start. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction that leads somewhere, but that's uncertain for now. Depending on how the Cubs line things up, Tyon will either take on the Red Sox or the Nationals next after the All-Star break. Aaron Savali also had a big game versus the Royals as he earned the win, tossing seven scoreless innings, allowing just two hits while striking out nine. He had 11 whiffs and a 34% CSW. Savali was breaking off great curveballs all game. It was his primary pitch and induced six whiffs with 32% CSW. And he's been great since returning from the IL in early June. In seven starts, he's posted a 2.48 ERA while striking out 36 batters. His nine strikeouts on Friday were his most in a game all year. Unfortunately, it's difficult to envision this continuing for Savale. Outside of his cutter, none of his other pitches really stand out. And even if he does maintain a solid ERA because of his ability to induce weak contact, he'll still be a Toby because he doesn't strike out a lot of batters. If Savale can turn his curve into a whiff pitch like he did on Friday, he could induce more strikeouts and become more appealing. But without that, like I said, he's a Toby. Savale will have a tough matchup against the Rangers when the Guardians return to action after the All-Star break. And lastly, we've got Andrew Abbott in Milwaukee as regression finally came for him. He tossed five and a third innings, allowing 
allowing nine hits and six earned runs with one walk and six strikeouts. He had nine whiffs and a 28% CSW. And after pitching to a pristine 1.21 ERA with a 29% strikeout rate across his first six starts, Abbott was bound to falter at some point, And it happened in Milwaukee on Friday as he couldn't get any of his secondary pitches working. The question now is which way his numbers will go after the All-Star break. Abbott has seen very favorable luck on balls in play. And, and as an extreme fly ball pitcher, his 8.2% home run to fly ball rate is bound to climb in the hottest months of the year in baseball's second worst pitchers park in Cincinnati. Expected ERA buys into Abbott's performance, but expected FIP suggests the home run luck will subside. Abbott will need to make adjustments during the break to stay ahead of hitters during the second half, and he'll likely get a rematch against the Brew Crew after the All-Star break, so we'll see if those adjustments were made. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Friday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves, starting with the saves guys. Kendall Graveman earned save number 7, Rysel Iglesias 16, Craig Kimbrell save number 14, Emmanuel Classe got his 25th to tie for the major league lead, Adbert Alzale swooped his 6th save, and Devin Williams got lucky and got his 19th save, and lastly, Daniel Bard got his first save of the year as Justin Lawrence pitched the 8th, so that's something to watch. I don't know if this was just the Rockies having fun for a night, or if they're starting to transition Bard back into the closer role now that they feel that he's gotten his confidence back. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Felix Bautista pitched the ninth in a tie game and stayed on for the 10th after acquiring the lead and he earned his fourth win. Clay Holmes pitched the ninth for the Yankees down by three and it can sort of be considered a maintenance outing. Yohan Duran pitched a clean ninth in a tie game but took the loss after allowing two to score in the 10th. Will Smith pitched the ninth up by five for the Rangers. AJ Puck blew a save allowing three runs and taking the loss and lastly David Robertson pitched the 10th up by four and pitched around two runs to close out the game. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitcher performances from Friday, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article. Saturday's edition was written by yours truly. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll look forward to Saturday, July 8th, a day in which we'll have another full slate of 15 games. My matchup of the day is Fromber Valdez versus Brian Wu. The Astros and Mariners have heated matchups as always, and Valdez has been incredible this year, and Wu looks like a bright young starting pitcher. In terms of probable starters, we've got eight guys in the auto start tier, including Garrett Cole versus the Cubs, Kevin Gaussman in Detroit, and Spencer Strider in Tampa Bay. We've got seven guys in the probably starts tier, two in the questionable starts tier, and 13 in the do not starts tier, and that's where we'll find our streak. 
streamer of the day in Paul Blackburn in Boston. He can sort of survive against any lineup, but as you can tell by where we are pulling this streamer of the day from, there's not too many great options on Saturday. I would also keep an eye out for Alex Wood versus Rocky Road. He's not been great this year and he has been limited in terms of how deep he can go into ball games, but Rocky Road is a very easy matchup and Alex Wood has been better than this in the past. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would go for Giants hitters versus Connor Siebold in San Francisco. Siebold has a 6.62 ERA on the year and is a right-handed pitcher, so some left-handed batters I would target are Mike Yastrzemski, Jock Peterson, Michael Conforto, and Brandon Crawford, and my sneaky guys are a pair of catchers in Blake Sable and Patrick Bailey. Bailey's a switch hitter and probably will be behind the plate, and Blake Sable has actually been seeing time in the outfield, and he's a lefty, and he's been on fire recently. And now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Kendall Graveman has pitched on back-to-back days, so expect to see Reynaldo Lopez in the ninth if a save arises today. David Robertson has pitched in three of the past four days, so we could see Buck Showalter turn to Adam Adovino today instead. Craig Kimbrell has pitched on consecutive days and in three of the past four, so Jose Alvarado likely gets the call today. And lastly, Albert Alzale has gone in three of the last four days, so Mark Leiter Jr. will be the preferred option today for the Cubs. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site including fantastic player pages and daily dfs suggestions join pl pro to gain access to the discord to interact with pitcher list staff such as myself and members of the community as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast you can follow me on twitter at jake crumpler tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.